0: We're here again in our series called Jesus Plus Nothing. We're looking at the book of Galatians. Today, we're going to look at some of chapter one, chapter two of Galatians. And I have to start with a confession to you, which I often do. So here's confessions with Ashley. I don't love the book of galatians. So when we first talked about hey we're going to do a series about galatians, sort of like we could pick a better book, but see confession, that's you know, I'm supposed to always love the bible, right? But galatians is not my favorite book. And so as I was preparing, I have to tell you God really radically changed my thoughts about galatians and the things that he spoke to me and I am excited to share those with you today. So I'm going to read some of galatians and then we'll get into it. So this is Um, Chapter 1, starting in verse 11. Now I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel preached by me is not based on human thought. For I did not receive it from a human source, and I was not taught it, but it came by a revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I persecuted God's church to an extreme degree and tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my people, because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who from my birth set me apart and called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me, that I could preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. I did not go back up to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia and came back to Damascus. Skip down to 22. I remained personally unknown to the Judean church in Christ. They simply kept hearing, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. Then, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. I went according to a revelation as presented to them the gospel I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those recognized as leaders, so that I might not be running or have run the race in vain. But not even Titus, who was with me, though he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. This issue arose because of false brothers smuggled in, who came in secretly to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. But we did not give up and submit to these people, even an hour, so that the truth of the gospel will be preserved for you. So, Where are we in this story of Galatians? So this was written by a guy named Paul. Paul was an apostle of Jesus. He was not one of the original 12. He had this spiritual experience with Jesus after Jesus had died and rose again. And he's writing this letter to churches in Galatia. Galatia is a region that is now modern-day Turkey. So he is writing, and the church leaders will be reading this letter out loud to them. He's writing to the Gentiles, which is just the non-Jewish people who had come to faith in Jesus. That's what these churches were. This letter is this is at the beginning of the letter and this letter is strong. In a lot of other of Paul's letters, he kind of is like, "Hey, grace and peace, encouragement, all these like nice things." But in Galatians, this is a strong letter. Paul had strong things to say. And I've been like, "Paul, why so strong? Is this really a big deal? I don't really understand." But in this section of galatians we're going to look at three big ideas about the gospel Um, versus gospel from god not man a gospel that changes lives and a gospel of freedom and what is the gospel When we talk about the gospel it can sound like a big fancy word but really the gospel just means good news it was the good news of Jesus. Sometimes we talk about books of the Bible, the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of, and that just means that these are guys who wrote down the story of the good news of Jesus. That's why we call them the Gospels. And so we talk about the gospel knowing it, receiving it, all those things. It just means if you when you realize that Jesus died and rose again for forgiveness for your sins and and realize that you took on the gospel, the gospel message, the good news of the gospel. So That's what we're going to talk about, these three big ideas in the section of Galatians. So the first one is the gospel is from God. It's a gospel from God and not man. That beginning, verse 11, I want you to know, brothers, the gospel preached by me is not based on human thought, for I did not receive it from a human source and was not taught it, but it came as a revelation from Jesus Christ. Paul's like, look, guys, just a reminder, this is not something I wrote this is not something I heard one day. I was at a conference and I decided to tell you about it. He didn't Google it. We're, he's not reading Wikipedia. Paul's like, hey, I got this message from God. Just remember that that's where the message came from. Not for me, not for many humans, but this is a message from God. And I think it's an important message for us today too because I think we can um, approach spirituality or religion sometimes like this. People kind of talk about Like, this is what I feel in my heart, you know, like you feel this. And so this is what you think is true. And this is what I feel. And uh, I don't, I don't really know, you know, what is, what is Jesus speaking to me? I just kind of hear it in my heart, what he's saying and what he tells me to do. This sense of, you, you know, it's, it's, it's my truth. I can add to it. And Paul's like, I don't care what's in your heart. This is truth that I received from God. And that, and that just is that there's this truth and that's what the gospel is and not just knowing the truth it is our experience of the gospel is also important really being a follower of jesus christianity is those two things it's that that truth of what the gospel is that was from god and it's our experience how did that come into our lives how did we experience um, when we realized that how god changed our life so it's both experience is is truth and if you know the truth but you haven't experienced the truth you really don't know the gospel it's not actually in you you don't understand it if you say well i i i know the truth but you know my life kind of looks the same since i met jesus or kind of goes along or, or you say things like I, I believe the truth but i'm still struggling with guilt i'm still struggling with this chronic insecurity sometimes i even hate myself those things you're still saying you you may know the truth but you have not experienced actually experienced and understood the gospel the gospels from god So he asked the question, how do I know if I've experienced the gospel? It brings us to the big idea, too. Number two, this is a gospel that changes lives, the gospel is power. Look back in verse 13, for you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. This is Paul. He's saying, hey, let me just remind you and tell you a little bit of my story and my experience. For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I persecuted God's church to an extreme degree. I tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my people because I was extremely jealous for the tradition of my ancestors. But when God, who from my birth set me apart, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal the Son in me so I could preach him among the Gospels. I did not immediately consult with anyone. I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who became apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia, came back to Damascus. I remained personally unknown to the Judean Church in Christ. They simply kept hearing, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. This is a good question for, for any of us to ask ourselves, but I, I think especially important for those of us who grew up in the church maybe or have been in the church a long time. Is there, is there anything in your life that's remarkable enough that people hear about it and they're like, praise God praise God for that. The things in your life that are change from where you were to where you are when you experience the gospel or just things in your life that, that show that you do understand and know the gospel. And people are like, I hear about that. Praise God. Even if I don't know him, I heard that story. Praise God for that. Um, it's just an important thing to continue to remind ourselves of, especially if we've been coming to church for a long time. So, so how do we know that if this is true of anyone, anyone who's experienced the gospel, these things should be true. Three things. One, you realize you are an object of God's action. So when Paul starts this story, he's the subject. I did this. I persecuted the church. I advanced in Judaism. I was extremely zealous. So it's all about I. But then we have, but when God who set me apart. And all of a sudden it comes from, it switches from Paul's eye to God's action. This is what God did, set him apart revealed his son for me that I would proclaim the good news to the Gentiles. God did something. God became the subject of, of this story, this narrative. It's a, it's a real experience when you, you realize becoming a follower of Jesus isn't as much a story of you trying to find God as you realizing you are a God, an object of God's action. God chose you just like God chose Paul and set him apart before his birth. God chose you. God chooses us. It's, it's not Christianity following Jesus and something you get into, but you realize it's something that gets into you and into your life as God chose you. Setting you apart is an act of word. God's action in our lives. And for me, when people talk about um or ask about my faith or how how I experience it. I, I feel like what something that resonates with me that I talk about um, is that I feel like my faith is is kind of like the sun rising. The sun just rises every day. it just does, even if it's cloudy and we don't see it the, the sun and it has since God created it. The sun rises, and it really doesn't matter if I believe the sun rises or not. I could say it it doesn't and it doesn't matter if I believe that it doesn't. It does. Like, that's just the truth. And that's true about the gospel. It's just true. In some ways, it doesn't matter if I believe it or not. The, the reality of it, the authenticity of it, how true it is, isn't based on my belief of it. It just, it just is that it's true, that God, not something that I get into, but that God has got into me. We see that Christianity is more of something that happens to us than it's us trying to find who God is. As He chose us, and it's not like when God chose Paul, He was looking around and was like, "Wow, I need someone to go carry this message to everyone else. Super important. Gonna write a bunch of stuff in the Bible that people are gonna read thousands of years later. Let me. Who's like? Who's crushing it down in the Christian life?" and like looking around, who's been like praying every day since they were two, and, and it's just building into the church. Obviously, God couldn't do that because Paul would, Paul was not crushing it in the Christian life. He was crushing the Christians. Paul was persecuting the church. If anyone was against the things that God was doing w- with Jesus bringing the gospel, it was Paul. But, but it says God set him apart at birth before Paul knew God. God was working in Paul. And he does that in our lives too. If you become a follower of Jesus and experience the gospel, I hope you can look back on your life and say, wow, I had no idea, but I can see now this is where God was working. This is something God did. This is something God did. This is something I thought I wanted and he saved me from. This is something that I thought I was alone and he used later in my life. God uses it even when we were running away from God or even persecuting him. God's, as he has chosen us, uses those pieces of our story for his good. So second one is how we know we've experienced the gospel. God gets more real when you're alone. Dropping down to verse 16, I did not immediately consult with anyone. I did not go to Jerusalem to those who had been apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia and came back to Damascus. So as Paul's telling his story, he received the gospel from Jesus, and then he went away into Arabia. When, when he didn't go up to Jerusalem, he he wasn't like I had this experience. So I'm gonna go ask someone if that was real. I'm gonna go talk about it. The first thing he did was like I'm gonna go and spend time with God. What what is this? He went to spend time alone with God, and and we can get to a place in our Christian life. Maybe I mean it, it, maybe we're even attending church every week, watching online every week, where um, maybe we're serving even or. Maybe when you go to mom and dad's, grandma and grandpa's, you pray at every meal, so it looks like you're doing all these, all these great things, but it's when you get alone, you're like, gosh, I don't have anything to say to God, and it's not that God is close or far. It's if God is real, that God continues to get more real the more we've experienced the gospel when we are alone with him. If you get it in an environment, but you don't get it when you're alone, have you really fully experienced what God has done for you? The gospel, it it may be a mark of this gospel overshadowing you, but it has not gotten in you as you've really experienced it. God gets more real when you're alone. The third thing, the change in your nature makes people glorify God. They kept hearing, "He who formerly persecuted us now preaches faith he once tried to his store. and they glorified God because of me. Obviously, Paul is is a severe example. I don't think any of them were were ordering the murder of people before we we had our spiritual experience with Jesus. But at the same time, he is, he's a paradigm for us. What does it mean to be a persecutor, someone who's who's critical of other people, who uh, can't has to be disagreeable with people they disagree with? Maybe really dislikes some people, despises some people. Um, These are ways that we can be persecutors, even if we need to look down on people. But if we can, if we really experience the gospel, then we're able to, as the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, have humility, have humility with people that we disagree with, to be loving, to have hard conversations one-on-one and not on social media in front of everyone in appropriate places and to be able to to instead of being judgmental and angry to approach people with with love and th- those are things that even people who are not christians the bible says do we even know we are christians by our love that people who are outside of followers of jesus are able to see like gosh they they are really loving i don't know if i believe what they believe but they really we can have a conversation even though we don't agree and that that change that people can see that that Change in our nature that makes people glorify God. Has your nature changed to that degree that people glorify God? And it doesn't have to be your, your conversion story that you were... You know persecuting christians and then you became an apprentice under mother Teresa. it doesn't have to be that kind of story but anything in your life that shows you you experience the gospel i think about kayla in our community and kayla felt like god was calling her to program in australia and she raised money to be there and to win and she went she came back and she was like these are the things that god taught me and it's like praise god praise god for those things I think about Carmen and Maria in our church. If you didn't get a chance to watch their story, I hope you'll go back and watch that um, in services that have, have already happened. But their story of the ways that they've met Jesus, praise God for that. Praise God for the ways that they have met him. I think about um, Conrad and Tracy. They are, are leading our FPU, Financial Peace University group, and a testament to the ways they chose to um, use their, their money in a way that was honoring to God and the ways it brought them together. Now they give back. They're serving other people. Praise Praise God for that. When we've experienced the gospel, it changes us in a way that people praise God. These are the ways that we know that we've experienced the gospel. Second big idea was gospel changes lives. The third big idea is that this is a gospel of freedom. This is a gospel of freedom. As Paul talks about, he's talking about going up to that church in in Jerusalem. I went up according to Revelation, this starting in verse 3. Not even Titus, who was with me, though he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. This issue arose because false brothers smuggled in who came in secret to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. But we did not get up and give up and submit to these people for even an hour so the truth of the gospel would be preserved for you. So the situation was there was some false teachers that, that came to Galatia and they were like, G- believing in Jesus is great. Like, that's fine. You just also have to do these other things. One of those other things was circumcision. It was following some ceremonial laws in of the jewish faith they were saying you know it's not it's not enough for you to just be a follower of jesus as a gentile you have to to do some of these other things a- adding to it and and paul hears that this is happening and he's like i gotta go talk to the the bigwigs in jerusalem and ask them like are do you believe this because this is not true it talks, this verse he talks about i might have been running or have run in vain paul's not questioning if he's right he's questioning if the leaders in jerusalem caved to these people who were saying you have to do other things. And he's like, I got to figure this out. I got to make sure that they're preaching the right thing because the gospel should bring freedom. The gospel should bring freedom and not bondage. And Paul says, those rules bring bondage. Those rules, the gospel that you add to it. And if you, Paul says, if you lose the truth of what the gospel is, then the freedom is gone. Then the freedom is God and the freedom of the gospel. And Paul's truth in this passage is that you are acceptable to Jesus, adding nothing. You're acceptable to Jesus because of Jesus plus nothing. Not these other rules, not these other practices. It's Jesus plus nothing. And and for me as a as a former Galatians not fan, I think I've I've read these passages, especially Paul. I'm like, Paul's really angry, and I don't really know why. He's just I don't know, he's emotional, and does this really matter? Like, he just went and was like, hey, don't do this, and they were fine. Like, I mean, maybe it's because I don't have to deal with circumcision as an adult. It's a bigger deal to all the men watching, but I just was like, get, you know, figure that out kind of thing. But, but as I've been reading it this time and realizing that that truth that we are accepted through Jesus plus nothing, how strong of a truth that is, that that is not just a, a, a thing that's like the outs, the, an outside thing um, that doesn't really mean anything. That is a foundational piece to the way we experience the gospel, the fact that we are acceptable to Jesus just by Jesus and plus nothing. It's so much of our being instead of our doing and how how important that is galatians just showing us the problems in our life arise from when we try to add things to what jesus has already done that makes us acceptable and and jesus was like as god's speaking to me as we're i'm preparing for this god's like the thing the the reason you don't think that's important is because you don't live that way that gospel has not been freedom in your life and that has been true for me if you also, in any way, are not experiencing the freedom of the gospel in your life as it is freedom, there are types of these types of bondage, those types of enslavement. Maybe it's a, a spiritual bondage. It's interesting because Paul talks about these guys as, as brothers. He's not like they're these false enemies that we hate and, and loathe. He's like these false brothers. These are people who thought they were doing it right. They were like, this This is, Paul taught you one way, but we're doing the right way. We're the real followers of Jesus. Jesus plus all of these things. And Paul's like, no, these people have it wrong. And there are people as followers of Jesus who think they have it right and they don't because the gospel brings freedom. Jesus plus nothing. Both of your sins that Jesus has forgiven and the righteous things that you do have to leave the bible talks about our righteous acts being like filthy rags before god but it's so easy to be like jesus look at me now I'm, I'm praying now i am i'm giving i'm being a great person i'm doing these things like now bless my life and let's let's be close so i'm doing i'm, I'm leading this great life and and leading a great life that, that's Jesus plus something. That's Jesus plus right, righteousness. That's being your own savior. Both of our sin and our righteousness have to be laid down as we think about how we are acceptable to Jesus. And if your story into Christianity is, I'm, I met Jesus, I heard the gospel, I accepted his forgiveness, and now I'm trying to live a good life. You, you are not living the true gospel. The gospel is Jesus. I heard the story of Jesus and accepted it. I am accepted because it is Jesus plus nothing. And that's the kind of freedom that, that people, I feel like people as followers of Jesus often don't experience. The gospel, the story of Jesus feels like bondage. Where are we adding stuff to the gospel that are keeping us, well, that are keeping the gospel from feeling like freedom? And I know for me that has been true. I, I grew up in the church and um, which is, I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that there's so many of you and your children will become that way. They will grow up in the church as a part of Anthem Kids. And, and though I am so thankful for that experience, something I, I learned was to be good. I was taught to make sure I made great moral choices and that I looked different than maybe in high school, that I, I, my friends were drinking, but I wasn't drinking. You know, these are, the, these are the things that you're not supposed to do. Make sure you're doing the things you want to do. And I learned to be good, to be good. And, and, and later in my, my life, when I was in patterns of dysfunction and habitual sin and, and stuck in bondage of things in my life, I felt so much shame. I felt like God must hate me because there's, there's grace for people who don't know better. Who are just meeting meeting jesus for the first time but i i've i've known him all my life i've this is something i gotta have figured out already and even to show how deeply ingrained that has been in in me as my my default um just even recently in the last two weeks i was a part of um prayer our prayer bi-weekly prayer uh gathering that we've been doing on zoom and if you're interested in joining our prayer gathering please let me know it's been Such an enriching enriching time for me to pray for our church and to pray for people and to be prayed over. I was in prayer meeting and um, I'm facing um, some big decisions, especially some big financial decisions that I'm trying to figure out and somebody's praying for me and she starts praying and she prays, "Um, God, you provide for your righteous. And I was like, wow, I really don't feel like that's a good argument for me to be like, oh, I'm righteous and therefore God will provide for me because I just... I don't feel that way. And then she continued God, provide, provide because you provide for your righteous because Jesus is righteous. And Ashley has the righteousness of Jesus. It's not because I'm righteous, but it's because Jesus is righteous. Being acceptable, experiencing the gospel as freedom is Jesus plus nothing. And maybe we make it Jesus plus our good deeds, maybe we make it Jesus plus our our happiness it's following Jesus and thinking about how my life can be happy and how I'm pursuing those good things in life that are actually never going to satisfy. Maybe it's Jesus plus, make sure you look like me, make sure you do worship like me, make sure you pray like me, make sure you dress like me. You got to be this kind of person and, and, and do this, look, look acceptable in this Christian way, Christian way, whatever it is, Jesus plus, plus that. But friends, The gospel, the freedom of really experiencing the gospel is to know and to live in our life that to be acceptable to God is Jesus plus nothing.